You're listening to The BizCast on the C-Suite Network. Welcome to The BizCast. You work hard in your business and you want to know what it takes to get to the next level. The BizCast is where we interview best-selling business authors, thought leaders, and C-Suite executives to bring you an inside look at what it takes to succeed in business today. Whether you're the leader of a Fortune 100 company or your company is just taking off, what you're about to hear will help you take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Kevin Crane. Welcome to the show. It's my pleasure to welcome Jason Forrest to the show. Jason is a sales professional, speaker, and sales coach. He works to empower professionals and executives to unleash their human performance and master their leadership skills in sales, management, culture, and service. He was named the winner of Training Magazine's Top Young Trainers of 2012, and he does seminars and keynotes across the country. He's with me today to talk about his new book, Leadership Sales Coaching, Transforming from Manager to Coach. Jason, it's great speaking with you today. The subtitle of your book is Transforming from Manager to Coach, and that seems like an important but difficult thing to do. What are some of the challenges that people face in making the transition from manager to coach? Perfect. Uh, well, the, the, the biggest challenge is that their company really doesn't support the initiative or support the concept. You know, we as humans, uh, we we like to, to do what's what we're measured by. And so, for example... Um, our our leadership, so the the, uh, the the people that are the C-suite that's overseeing the the managers, you know, they talk to them about um, reports and they talk to them about uh, more of the things side of the business. They talk to them more about the numbers. They talk to them more about the circumstances that are happening. Uh, but what they don't do is talk about what are we doing to actually drive the right behaviors, to drive the right beliefs. Uh, what are we doing to teach those concepts uh, for our actual employees? And so because of that, it becomes kind of a disconnect. And so what's interesting is every organization, every C-suite leader that I've ever talked to says, yes, I would love all of my managers to become coaches, but their biggest problem or hurdle in doing that is they're not actually talking uh, the coaching language to their actual managers. And so because of that, the the neighborhood never actually becomes really a coaching type, uh, type neighborhood. And then I would say the biggest disconnect or the biggest obstacle when it comes to an individual manager themselves is that they all want to be coaches. I mean, one of the lines we like to say a lot is that no one wants to be managed, but everyone wants to be coached. And so they all want to be coached. Uh, they want to be, sorry, they all want to be a coach, uh, but they just don't necessarily know how to do it. So again, their boss is not necessarily coaching them on the right behaviors, asking the right questions, and therefore it kind of creates this kind of trickle down uh, type effect. And, and, and they just don't know how to, how to break free from that. Uh, and that's really why I wrote the book. Uh, the premise of the entire book came from this problem that I had. I was actually a sales manager um, as well, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And so I would go out there and I would say, hey, how can I help you? And then the sales professional would say, well, here's how you can help me. You can get corporate to give me better prices or better products, or you can get better marketing for me, or you can get corporate to get this deal approved. And then I would go out there and I would go and do my best to help them. Um, And I realized there's something missing to this. And so all of a sudden I realized this concept, and that was, what if um, the your favorite sports team's coach was running your sales department or running your company. So for example, you think of some of the best coaches right now in, in, the, in the sports world, you've got Pete Carroll in the NFL. Uh, you've got uh, Bill Belichick in the NFL. You've got Nick Saban, you know, when it comes to college football, you've got Augie Greedo when it comes to uh, college baseball, you have these kind of award winning uh, coaches 
And if you if you actually take the preframe of what if they were running your organization, how would they run it differently? How would they see your salespeople as more sales athletes? Um, and so what I did is I studied the world's best coaches that are out there, and I took this premise of of how would uh, Nick Saban, how would Bill Belichick, how would Augie Grito, how would Pete Carroll run your team differently? And those are the specific things that we teach. And so the philosophy is managers make it easy for people, but coaches make people better. So managers go in there and say, okay, in order to get your results, let's make your circumstances easier. So let's get you better customers or more customers, or let's get you better product or lower prices. Uh, Where a coach comes out there and says, hey, how can I increase your conversion rate? How can I make you more efficient and effective with, uh, with, with what you already have? Uh, let's spend less time focusing on making your situation easier, and let's spend more time on making you specifically better. And so that, that's really the big premise of the book, of transforming from manager to a coach. But again, the biggest obstacle in that is that the C-suite doesn't know uh, what they don't know. They don't know uh, what a coach should be doing, and therefore the coach themselves doesn't really know what they're supposed to be doing when they're out there. And so both kind of reinforce each other, and no one really gets, gets to that transformation of, of being a coach. Well, isn't that really the hitch in the get-along? I was in sales for a very short time, not in management role, but I certainly felt the pressure of my quota, and I certainly felt the, as you say, we were measured on results. So there was no time for any fuzzy kind of coaching. It was, you know, you need to just close the sale, right? Meet that quota. And and aren't managers under, sales leaders under that same pressure to perform in that same way? So how how do you get over that results measure and into a space where you can actually spend the time and focus to worry more about performance in terms of your staff and people as opposed to the performance of the numbers? Yeah, great, great question. I mean, the biggest thing is, I would say, to get everyone on the same page, because if if um, if you're if your leaders, if the leaders that are leading the leaders, uh, leading the coaches, if if they don't know what we're supposed to be doing out there and they don't know what the right questions are, then, of course, all they're going to focus on is the actual results. But but in, in the book uh, by Bill Walsh uh, called The Score Take, Takes Care of Itself, you know, he was this legendary 49ers coach that took this uh, this this losing 49ers team and took them to this, you know, this Super Bowl dynasty. Um, well, the biggest thing he said, people would ask him and say, well, when are you going to win the Super Bowl? He said, I don't care about the Super Bowl. What I care about is putting the right metrics and standards of excellence into play. And I know once those are executed properly, the score will take care of itself. And so the first thing I would say is, is I would reverse engineer it. A big thing I'm a big fan of, I have, I have a, a, one of my training programs that I do is called Goal Addiction. And, one of the, and the idea behind that is how do we become addicted to our goals? And so the biggest thing that a C-suite needs to do is that they need to figure out, okay, what is the goal for the year? So what is the sales and revenue goal for the year? And then you want to think from the end versus about the end. So you want to reverse engineer uh, what is it going to take in order to do that? Um, how, how many customers do we need? What is our current conversion rate? Um, how do we improve our conversion rate in order to get that? What are those key initiatives or goals that, that if we improve the, the, the conversion rate, then the score would take care of itself. And then, so once we create, let's say that list of, you know, five or six measurable key initiatives that we're going to focus on, then that now becomes the new thing that we talk about. I'm speaking with Jason Forrest about his book, Leadership Sales Coaching, Transforming from Manager to Coach. Get your copy at the C-Suite Book Club at c suite 
www.thebookclub.com. You'll find leadership sales coaching along with a great selection of great business books from thought leaders like Jeffrey Hazlett, Shep Hyken, and our guest today, Jason Forrest. So just visit c-suitebookclub.com. It's time for a short break, but stay with us. When we return, I'm going to ask Jason about what he describes as the six levels of coaching. What are they and how can we use them? So stick around. We'll be right back. Over 3.2 million new book titles are published every year. What are you doing to help your book rise to the top? Submit your book to become part of the C-Suite Book Club, the premier source of leading business books for C-Suite leaders, executives, and celebrities. Visit csuitebookclub.com slash author to submit your book today. That's c-suitebookclub.com slash author. You're listening to The BizCast with Kevin Crane on C-Suite Radio. My guest today is sales professional, speaker, and sales coach, Jason Forrest, and we're talking about his new book, Leadership Sales Coaching, Transforming from Manager to Coach. And Jason, your book is packed with actionable ideas and structure, 75 principles to follow. Um, but I want to ask you, you know, how we go about it. What are the six levels of coaching? Can you describe them briefly and how we can use them? Perfect. Yeah, it's a very simple model that if you just take this one model and you um, uh, compare your time when you're actually talking and coaching to a sales professional, if you would just compare compare this blueprint um, to what you're actually doing, then this would be a way for you to kind of measure your success. So think of it as if you're trying to um, lose weight or become, you know, run a marathon or whatever this, you want a model, you want a blueprint, and you want to compare what you're doing to the actual blueprint. And that's what this does for you. Now, this is for salespeople and for sales leaders, but this model actually works for any employee. So I use this model for my own employees, regardless of what their role is, and I have my clients do the same thing. So at the highest possible level, uh, we want to talk about the person's results. And so a person's results are, they said they were going to uh, sell a million dollars in the last month, and um, they only sold 700000 Okay, so you want to spend 5% of your time on the results. So then, why only 5%? Because it doesn't really matter. The, the results are like um, like talking about the, the weather, you know. Um, and so then immediately you want to go down uh, to, to, okay, well, how do, we, how do we change that? And so you want to go from results to activities. And activities are, what are the specific things that they're going to do differently in order to get different results? And so if they fell short on their target, then what did you do that worked to move towards that goal, that, towards that result? And then what, what additional things we need to do in order to make that happen? You only want to spend 10% of your time talking about that, about that. But it's the whole idea of what I'm currently doing equals what I'm currently getting. So I need to change what I'm doing to change what I'm getting. It's only about 10% needs to be talked about on the activity side. And then immediately you want to move on to the, the process side. And that's about 15% of your conversation. And so the process side is, let's say you're in the sales process. And let's say an activity we need to work on is... We need to, uh, what I call, extract objections more often. So extracting objections more often is a simple phrase of every customer that you talk to, I want you to ask the question, hey, what is holding you back from uh, buying this today? What is holding you back from moving forward with us today? That's a simple activity. And we might find out that they're only asking that you know, 25% of the time, which is why the results aren't there. So we came up with, hey, I want you to ask that question 100% of the time over the next 30 days. So then the process would be, when are you going to ask it? 
When in the sales process are you going to actually interject that specific activity? Then you would go on to the presentation side. Uh, presentation side is what do you actually say and how do you actually say it? So think of, think of process, think of activity as what you say think, or what you do, what activity is what you do. Uh, process is when you do it. Uh, and the presentation or pitch is, is what you say and how you do it. And you want to spend 15% of your time on, on that piece. Okay. Well, once that's actually done, that, that leaves 50% left to be focused on the people side. And that's crazy. That, what's interesting is when I first studied this, I didn't realize that the world's best coaches spend half of their coaching conversation. So let's say you're having a 30-minute coaching conversation with them. That means you're going to spend 15 minutes talking about their beliefs, talking about their fears, uh, talking about their reluctances, uh, talking about their affirmations, uh, talking about what's holding them back from doing it, uh, talking about what are their alibis and excuses of why they're not trying it, and, and then building them up. And then getting them, making sure they understand the why, making sure they get it, uh, making sure they feel good about it, making sure that you build them up and you give them certainty. See, I believe that a sales professional is the primary source of confidence, motivation, hope, and certainty in the customer's decision to buy. Well, if they're the primary source of confidence, motivation, hope, and certainty in the customer's decision to buy, well, then who is their primary source of confidence, motivation, hope, and certainty? Well, that would be their coach. And so that coach has to make sure that they're leaving them with, okay, you can do this. Here's why you can do this. Do you have any reservations on doing this? Is there anything holding you back from doing this? I believe you can do this. Um, if for some reason the play doesn't work, don't worry about it. I'll take credit. I'll, it's on me. My job is to call the play. Your job is to execute the play. If for some reason the play doesn't work, it's my fault for calling the wrong play. And that's exactly how the Nick Sabans and Pete Carroll's of the world will talk to their athletes. They know their role is to call the play, and they know the athlete's role is to execute the play. If the play is wrong, then the coach's fault. If the player doesn't execute the play, then it's the player's fault. And that's really the two roles that, that a person plays. And so that's a simple model that you just take. I got 30 minutes to spend with them. Then you want to break it down and say, okay, in my 30 minutes, again, 5% is talking about the score, the results. It's 10% talking about uh, what we need to do differently and what we did. It's 15% talking about the process or when we do th certain things. It's 15% talking about what we say and how we say it. And then it's 50%, uh, which, which in that case is 15 minutes, talking about the whys behind it, the reluctances, the fears, the beliefs that are driving the emotions, that are driving the behaviors, that are driving those results. That's Jason Forrest. Get his book, Leadership Sales Coaching, Transforming from Manager to Coach, at the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. Jason, it's been great speaking with you. Thanks a lot for being my guest today on C-Suite Radio. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode of the BizCast. Join me next time when we continue to talk to business authors, thought leaders, and C-suite executives to bring you an inside look at what it takes to succeed in business today. Don't forget to visit the C-Suite Book Club at c-suitebookclub.com. Great books by great business authors. Only the best at the C-Suite Book Club. And if you like what we do here at the BizCast, don't be shy. Give us a shout-out on social media or leave a review on iTunes. Meanwhile, until next time, I'm your host, Kevin Crane, for the C-Suite Network. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by the C-Suite Network, c-suitenetwork.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.